0: If we got to the challenge and do what we got to do, uh, a lot of people are going to give us respect.
1: CCR 74, August 26, 2009. This edition of Cat Crave Radio is brought to you by FantasyCPR.com. The fantasy football season is here. Prepare to dominate your league at FantasyCPR.com. Welcome to Cat Crave Radio. Here it is! A show by the fans and for the fans of the Carolina Panthers.
2: You don't think i want the best? You better check your reference.
1: Coming up in this episode, we'll survey five of the biggest local media members to get their thoughts on the team. Sorensen, Gant, Chandler, Scott, and Reed all weigh in. And we'll have a recap of the preseason game versus Miami.
2: Bennington back to plenty of time downfield, wide open receiver, and it's caught by Roy.
1: Out. Second
2: and eight and the handoff to Williams and he is wrapped up a bounces off the pile now the 25 spins 20 15-10 D'Angelo Williams touchdown a spectacular run. Brandon Fields with the kick. Captain Munnerland takes it, breaks one tackle, another out to the 30. 35-40. He's got to beat the punter, and that's it. And Metterlin, the rookie, is going the distance, but they say he stepped out of bounds. A high snap. And they're going to try to go for it. The holder throws it downfield just throws it away. They're just simply a bad snap. Once again, tight line split ends in tight, and it's Birmingham off the Hoover block, yeah, and he is. It is a touchdown
3: for the Carolina Panthers.
2: Hand off to Hilliard, who puts his head down 30, 25, one man to beat. get to the corner and to the end zone. Play action fake. Kowaluski in the corner gets the catch. Touchdown. Finally wins it
1: 27-17. Now, buffle your chin straps because it's time for kickoff. Here is your host for CCR, John White. Welcome in to another
4: edition of Cat Crave Radio. Thanks for making us a part of your day. Another preseason game, another loss for the Panthers. This time in Miami versus the Dolphins. Luckily, these games don't count, so no reason to jump off the deep end just yet. You know, we're all looking for improvement, and Coach Fox says that's exactly what he saw in some key areas.
5: Well, I thought we improved from last week to this week, uh, and particularly our first units. And, you know, we don't have it all oiled up yet, but uh, I saw improvement. I thought we played faster, played more efficiently, and, uh, you know, we are able to put 14 points up in in a half. So uh, that's when we played our starters, uh, and then uh, that's when I wanted to see the improvement.
4: With both Steve Smith and Masin Muhammad out of the lineup, the starting offense featured more throws to the tight ends got them some work, and gave us all a chance to see what they're capable of. The coach sounded happy with how they performed.
5: Well, yeah, I mean, our quarterbacks want to see, you know, guys open. And so, uh, you know, we've got some younger guys out there the receiver position that aren't quite, you know, as experienced. And, uh, you know, so to go to the tight ends made sense.
4: There are still improvements to be made on both sides of the ball, obviously. Jake says the team will be looking to make some strides this week.
6: It was good, you know, playing had a short week. Uh, not a lot of game planning going on, but we just we had to come out and play. And, you know, we did some good things, but go back, watch film. There'll be a lot to correct, and now, we you know, get a good week and, and play against Baltimore.
4: And while it seems a bit early to panic about what we've seen from the Panthers during the preseason, it may be about time considering the injuries the team has suffered. Already without guys like Jonathan Stewart and the unknown about his health, and without Ma'aki Kimoyatu for the season, more injuries would be devastating. Well, unfortunately, that's exactly what happened against Miami. First, Jeff Otah went out after having someone roll up his leg, but would return later in the game. Now, all reports seem to indicate that the guy is fine, but during his absence, Jeff Schwartz stepped in and the running game suffered. This only underlines the lack of quality depth, in particular at the tackle position. The offense appeared to be getting back to 100%, though at practice on Tuesday, as all 11 starters were on the field together. At least, they got some good news. But, the bad news keeps coming for the defense. John Beeson, the team's Pro Bowl middle linebacker, left the game in Miami with a knee injury. An MRI on Sunday showed a sprained MCL in his left knee. No information is available about when he might return, but his agent has already spoken out, saying that his client will be back by the opener versus Philadelphia. Take it for what you will, but his agent is Drew Rosenhaus. More bad news. Charles Godfrey, the second year safety, broke his hand versus Miami. Coach Fox lists him as day-to-day and won't speculate on whether he'll wear a cast on the hand and return or even how long he'll be out of the lineup. This will give us some time to see Quentin Teal at safety. You know, they tried using Dante Wesley at safety but have since moved him back to cornerback. The team's also been giving rookie Sherrod Martin playing time with the second team at safety. What it also does is send the team looking for possible replacements. They signed journeyman safety Kevin Casefaharn, who has played his career with Cincinnati and most recently with New Orleans. In order to make room on the roster, the team released wide receiver Jason Carter. That's a notable move considering that Carter has shown tremendous upside at times during his stay in Charlotte. However, During this training camp, he seemed to struggle. Struggles that seemed to continue into the team's preseason games. This opens the door for someone else to jump in and win that third receiver spot. Ryan Robinson and Kenny Moore looked like the early favorites, and one of them was just going to have to step up their game to take it. We caught up to Kenny Moore recently at camp. He told us he's been getting a lot of help this offseason.
7: That's my guy, you know, and that's, you know, he's been a great help to me. You know, during practice, after practice, always, you know, need to do this, need to do that, you need to work on this, you know, you need to turn into a ball, so he's always helping me out, you know, he's been a great help for me, and I I love him for everything he's done for me so far. Kenny also went
4: on to tell us that Smitty has been showing him what it takes to be successful.
7: You know what, we had worked out once before, and I had said something to him, and then um, I had just came back from working out with Ricky Pro, and I was asking if he was still working out, he was like, yeah, so, you know, he invited me along, and, you know, we got in there and hit it from day one. So, you know, I really understood what it takes to, you know, to really work hard. I thought I worked hard. But uh, when I got out there with him and seeing him and his training, see how they work, and I really, you know, start understanding, like, what it takes to, you know, be a great player, be a Pro Bowl player like he is.
4: Moore also told us that it wasn't just a workout.
7: Oh, it helped a lot. It helped a whole lot. You know, when you, when you got a guy who's been through it, who's been in Pro Bowls, he's been the the man for the team you know you know you want to take in you want to listen you know let, let alone that he's been like my favorite player growing up <laughs> so uh, you know that's even more interest you know in myself and really trying to listen to him to everything he got to say and just soak it all in
4: from the looks of things all that work he did with Smitty just might pay off when we come back we present a survey conducted with five of the biggest names from the Charlotte Sports Media get that started in just a minute.
1: Like us? Hate us? Tell us why at catgraveradio at gmail.com. That's catgraveradio at gmail.com. More CCR right after this. Ranger Station. Yeah, hi. I'd like to report a bear sighting in the forest. Uh-huh. One second, I'm having a smoke. Next thing I know, I'm face-to-face
4: with Smokey Bear. Wow. And he told me it only takes one spark to start a wildfire. Did
1: you know 9 out of 10 wildfires are caused by humans? I had no idea. That's why Smokey's famous, and you're not. Get your Smokey on. If you see someone in danger of starting a wildfire, step in and make a difference. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Learn more at SmokeyBear.com. Only you. Can prevent wildfires.
2: Hi, this is Mike Minter, and you are listening to Cat Praise Radio.
4: Welcome back, everybody. The preseason is now only two games old, and with all the injuries and the first two losses staining the team's exhibition schedule, even training camp is beginning to look a lot like a distant memory. But... Before we could all escape the lovely garden spot named Spartanburg, South Carolina, the same city that Darren Gant lovingly refers to as truly the center of the universe, we had the rare opportunity to draw some pearls of wisdom from our local media members. We posed a series of four questions to each reporter separately in order to get unbiased answers that would be less likely influenced by the other journalists. Question number one. What are the two biggest issues facing the Panthers heading into this season? We begin with Charles Chandler of the Charlotte Observer.
5: Well, as we, as we talk today, uh, it's pretty obvious the defensive tackle situation is the perfect uh, example of a sore thumb. I mean, it sticks out big time. This is really not an uh, NFL defensive tackle situation. This is the type of defensive tackle situation you'd expect to see on an expansion team. Or, or, or maybe worse than that. So they've got to go out and get some veteran help. Uh, you know, when the only guy you've got who's got any experience is Damian Lewis, and then you've got Nick Hayden with two games, and the rest of them have never played. It's just, you know, they're going to have to bring in. It wouldn't surprise me if they bring in two defensive tackles. So that's a huge uh, issue right now. I think the other one remains the uh, uh, offensive line, and I would make it even uh, the backup offensive line, and I would be even more specific to tackles. Uh, and right tackle, we saw that the other night, uh, you know, against the Giants in the first exhibition. Jeff Ward struggled, and I think you're looking pretty good with McKenzie Bernadou at center guard, and Duke Robinson's doing okay. But uh, who are going to be the tackles? If they have an injury to say Jordan Gross, they can do a lot of sliding. They can move Jeff Otaw over. They can move Travell Wharton over. I think it would, it would go through those guys before you'd see anybody else at left tackle. Sure. But right tackle backup there is
3: a huge question mark right now
4: next up steve reed of the gaston gazette aka carolina growl and his thoughts on the team's issues
3: well i think pretty clearly defensive tackle is the number one issue uh, obviously losing Makay for the season is, is a huge blow to them and you know i, I think they got to go outside of this organization to find help and um i, I think they're going to try you know all avenues you know trade uh picking somebody up per, perhaps uh when other teams make some cuts in september um, I think they'll try all avenues to try and fix that problem. And the other issue I see really as being a potentially big issue, it's not right now, but is, is, is the depth on the offensive line. If they lose one of those five starters, they're in big trouble. And you go back to last season, you know, none of those starters made it through the whole 16 game season without getting injured. So, um, you know, that, that could potentially be a problem because none of the guys that they have as backups right now have ever played in an NFL game, so, you know, that's
6: that's a little bit troubling.
4: David Scott of the Charlotte Observer was next.
6: Okay, well, obviously the first one is their run defense. Uh, they've got injuries in an already depleted uh, defensive line with uh, Maka Kimiatsu already being hurt, so they got to find somebody to plug in there. And right now, got a couple guys here in camp who then probably aren't going to be the starters. they probably need to find somebody off of the free agent wire when they get cut later on. Uh, The other issue, I think, is probably the number three or four receiver. Dwayne Jarrett is the number three guy. He's pretty well set there, but uh, who's going to be behind him, be somebody like Kenneth Moore um, or Jason Carter or Ryan Robinson, and and that spot is kind of up in the air, too. And coming out from that also will be pump returner coming from one of those three guys. So those are are places where they really have to be... uh, worried about who's going to play those spots because elsewhere they're pretty well set they have so many starters coming back.
4: We turned next to Darren Gantt of the Rock Hill Herald.
6: Well, I think
0: top two issues going out are the same two as they were coming in. Defensive tackle depth and offensive line depth. I mean, Maquette going down day one didn't help the first problem, but there was a problem before when he was healthy. So, I, you know, I think they're going to look under every rock for answers to that one. Maybe it's a trade. Certainly they'll be looking when final cuts come in. And I think you're probably going to see not just one or the other, but probably both because that's a position. When you look at the guys they've got out here, I think Marlon Favorites got some future as a run stopper. I think Nick Hayden still, you know, everybody's killing Nick right now, and it's not really his fault. He's just unfairly putting the position he's in. But uh, I think he's still got some potential. But all those other guys are projects at best, practice squatters at best. So, you know, I think they're going to look for more more than one of those. And as far as the offensive line goes, you know, you like what you've seen so far from Mackenzie Bernardo. Uh, Max had a good camp so far. He's a big, strong guy. He's he's a smart guy, too. I think he's the closest thing they've got to replacing Jeff Hangardner just from his ability to play more than one position. You could see him playing either guard or center uh, and and probably doing it pretty well. I mean, he hadn't been in there in a lot of games, but he just moves around well, and I wouldn't be too worried about him. The tackle position is a little something different. I think as they go through the rest of the preseason games, they still need to see whether it's, Cadigan, Patrick Brown, Jeff Schwartz, I think they need to see somebody come up out of that group and, and sort of take one of those jobs.
4: Finally, we present our friend Tom Sorensen
8: on the team's issues. Just the obvious, the lack of depth that in many places, it's one of the defensive tackle. Obviously whoever starts a defensive tackle is not on this roster now, it's not in this team now. I know they've been scouting pretty diligently. I think there's a good chance they'll find some team that switched from a 4-3 to a 3-4 which makes tackles less important, which makes them more expendable and pick one up. But what they'll do is they'll find a veteran. They'll find the money to sign him. There'll probably be some surprise cut to free some money up. And um, that's one issue. The other issue is just, uh, I think, to me, the compelling issue is Julius We, You know what you're going to get from Steve Smith. You know what you're going to get from Jake. You you have a good idea what you're going to get from the running backs and from the offensive line, even from the secondary linebacker core. We do not know what Julius is going to give this team. And I, I find that compelling, and I'm really curious about that. It's going to be the 12-and-a-half sack Julius. It's going to be the Julius playing for a contract. Will he revert? This is going to be the best year he's ever had. That that that's that's one issue that I'm I, I, I find. From
4: listening to the media members covering the Panthers for a living, you might get the impression that the defensive line is an issue. Wow. All right. From the negative to the positive, our next question for these five wordsmiths name two players who you would consider to be pleasant surprises from this training camp again we start with Charles Chandler
5: and captain Munerlin has been a tremendous pleasant surprise he's uh he's a guy as, as you watch him you know John he looks like he looks like he belongs I mean I mean, I mean you hear these phrases and you hear them enough times over the years it's like you know, the game's not too big for him, but it does not look like it's too big for him. And it's a seventh-round pick that says a lot. You know, he was a he came out a year early, and they might have really found one there. So I, I really like him. Uh, uh, Jay Lehman has been a surprise. at linebacker, I don't know his chances of making this team because, you know, that's uh, it's, it's a big hill to climb with the depth they have there. But he has really been impressive, and whether it's here or maybe somewhere else, he may have...
3: Landed himself a spot on somebody's roster.
4: More surprises came from Steve Reed.
3: Well, I tell you what, um, there's a few guys that have really stood out to me. Um, one in particular is Captain Munderland, who's who's said it really had a great uh, training camp. A kid from South Carolina, and, and you know he's trying to fight his way onto the roster. He's a seventh round draft pick. Really had a good, uh, really had a good camp, and I, I see him kind of fitting into that defensive back uh, backfield rotation. Um, another guy who I think has been a real pleasant surprise is Mike Goodson, and I think fans saw him the other night you know, in the Giants game, and the, you know, just the burst of speed that he has and the big playability, they kind of view him as a home run hitter, and he's a guy that I think has surprised a lot of people, and, you know, and another young guy that's has stepped up, I think, is Gary Barnage. He's a tight end that's gone from second team to being, becoming a starter, and uh, that happened the first week of camp, and he has done nothing to give that job up, and so he's a guy that they feel like can
6: kind of stretch the field.
4: Next up, we hear from David Scott.
6: It sounds like a hometown thing to Kenneth Moore. Um, he's, yeah. he's, he's, he's been doing well. some from Butler High School in, in, in Charlotte. Um, he's played well. He was playing well in camp and then had a good game the other night against the Giants. Had two catches, one of which he was really smacked when he caught it. Hang on to the ball. The other, I think, is probably Captain Munnerlin, another rookie from South Carolina. A little guy, uh, seventh-round draft pick. But he uh, looks like he is going to really compete for one of the uh, maybe the nickelback spot in the defense and then maybe a the punt return and he's, he's been a good surprise for him.
4: The surprises kept coming from Darren Gantt.
0: Well, I think they've probably been really pleased with what they've seen out of Mike Goodson. I mean, some of the fumbles and and penalties aside from the last preseason game or the first preseason game, I think Mike's been about what they expected. He's a guy with a lot of burst. He's explosive. He can get to the corner. And they're going to use him in a lot of different ways. If he can catch kickoffs, he's going to return them. And I think he's going to have a pretty good-sized role that way. But, uh, you know, beyond him, you know, there's a lot of these – you know we've been talking a lot about jay lehman you know he's comes into camp third or fourth string linebacker and he's kind of created a little niche for himself you know the guy runs a four eight two forty at the combine coming out of his senior year at illinois you know and just doesn't look like a football player he's kind of skinny legged well, there in the seat, but every time you look at the football in a game or even in a heavily padded practice, he's next to it. So, you know, Jay's a guy who, really, I mean, he's what training camp's made for. He was given an opportunity to prove himself. He's made the most out of it.
4: And the final input we received on pleasant surprises, of course, from friend of Cat Crave Radio, Tom
8: Sorensen. Tell you the guy I watch and, and keep waiting. I tell you, one is Connor. I mean, you, you could see Connor, the linebacker, last, last camp. And, and came out of Penn State, which some people consider linebacker you. Uh, John Beeson, Miami is not one of them. Uh, Connor is, was so fundamentally sound. And, and he said a year off, and it's evident he's done his homework. And he looks bigger, he looks faster, and his instinct is less thinking and more reactive. So I think Connor at linebacker is going to be one. The other one, you know, I've always been a Jason Carter fan, and I don't see from him this camp what I saw from him last camp. Uh, Moore has been good. Kenneth Moore has been, he's had some moments. But I tell you the guy, I think it's going to be him, and he's injured so often, but but I I just see something there, and that's Ryan Robinson. I think Ryan is going to be... I, I think he's going to be the guy, maybe, to emerge as receiver and as, as kick returner. But to say the other guy, and I didn't name him because I'm sure everybody else is, is Captain Monroe. uh The captain is tearing it up. Seventh round choice. He didn't think he should go seventh, and the uh, Panthers didn't. And uh, it's evident from watching here in camp, he, he shouldn't have. This guy can fly.
4: Okay, so question number three went like this With defensive tackle being the issue that it is, Marty Herney being spotted all over the country scouting like he's being hunted by the Audubon Society and because cuts have to be made, could there be some surprising players' names mentioned on cut day? First up is Charles Chandler. I don't
5: think I do only because, you know, when I've tried to explore this with folks around the team, I'm told that there's, there's cap room. You know, there's ways to make it. If it's not there, there's ways to, you know, jiggle somebody's contract around and make it and, um, so, I don't, I don't see a shocking cut like we were on the sidelines the other day, and somebody mentioned, well, could Nile Diggs, for instance? Well, this guy's a starter. I, I don't, even though Dan Connors played real well, I don't know that you'd, you'd see somebody do that. I know you mentioned to me Landon Johnson as, as a, a possibility. Right. I guess that's possible, uh, but uh, I, I don't think they're going to lose somebody that is, uh, would really shock us. You know
4: We hear next from Steve Reed.
3: No, I, I think there'll be some. There'll be some guys out there in September when they when that September fifth, that second uh, cut comes. I think there'll be some guys out there that can come in and, and fit in here. And I think they'll look for a veteran guy who has some experience and who can help them right away. And this is a big qualifying factor: a guy who's going to come in fairly cheap because they can't afford to pay a whole lot of money to uh, to some veteran guy. But I, I think that's that's uh, what they're going to look for. They're going to need somebody to fill in. Uh, and really they could use a starter. I mean, they need somebody to really come in and be the starter, not
6: just the guy who's gonna come in and add depth.
4: Third in line with his thoughts on potential surprise cuts is David Scott.
6: Yeah, there could be. uh, Probably someone like Dante Rosario, uh, one of the tight ends. Um, They've got three in camp now, him and Gary Barnage and and Jeff King. Those two guys kind of competing for the starting spot. Gary Barnage might have the the, uh, edge right now. Uh, That's a possibility. some of the linebackers—they've got a lot of linebackers in here. One of the rookies, uh, like uh, Jay Lehman—Lehman, uh, excuse me—he um, might—he might have problem making it. And then the fullback situation too—they've got two fullbacks in here: Tony sure. Meta who they drafted. They usually keep one, but uh, you know Brad Hoover, obviously and the incumbent. Um, but you draft a fullback with with Hoover also being a little old—you know—they probably want to hang on to him. But again, that's a luxury they might not be able to keep.
4: Darren Gant is next to weigh in.
6: Well, I
0: don't know, surprise cut. It's kind of hard because most of the guys they've got with numbers are guys they're not going to cut. Um, You know, I think if there's a surprise cut, maybe you start looking at the restricted free agent class from this year, the Nate Sallies, the James Anderson. I mean, they're guys who are still backups and carrying $1.01 million figures into the season in terms of base salary. I mean, you could take... I mean, I'm just mentioning Jay Lehman. You could replace James Anderson with Jay Lehman, you've saved yourself seven hundred grand. And that's money they're gonna to need to spend on whoever they bring in here to play defensive tackle. And I think Nate's kinda of in the same spot with Dante Wesley moving over, playing old with safety. You know, Nate's a little more expendable than he was last week and, and when you look at the difference in you know, that ninth D B spot being taken up by Nate at a million versus Captain Munnarin at three ten you know, I think there, there's another, you know, bang, I just created a million-and-a-half-worth salary cap room right there. And I don't think it kills you depth-wise either because I think Dante's a guy who can play safety, and I think that even if you get rid of a James Anderson, and I don't think that's a lock by any stretch of the imagination, James is probably having his best camp to date, but that would still leave you with a Landon Johnson who can play multiple positions, still leaves you with a Dan Conner who can play weak side and in the middle. So I, I think... Really, Dan can play all three for my money, from what I've seen out of him. So, you know, if you've got two versatile backups like that, plus a Lehman or even a Morty Ivy, I just don't know that you can afford to keep $2 million backups.
4: And the final thoughts on who might find themselves in the unemployment line unexpectedly is Tom Sorensen.
8: There's always a surprise cut. I, mean, I don't want to name names just because of the' pure speculation. Have n't having a great season, but what I would do is look at the positions at which they're deep, and one of those positions is uh, linebacker, and I think that you know some of the young guys. I mean, Lehman tore it up in the last exhibition, and he's looked good out in the field. Uh, you got Connor, and you know these guys are both second team, third. Uh, in Lehman's case third team, and there's just so many linebackers in front of him. I think there's every possibility that that one of the one of the linebackers, one of the starters. Uh, or if not a not not necessarily a starter, but somebody who's up there in the upper echelons could get canned because there's just that division which is very very deep.
4: There's still one more question to ask: How far will this team go this season? We'll have our media members'
1: answers to that question when we return. There's still more to come. Stay with us for more CCR. Ooh. The Fansided.com Sports Network. You play to win the game. Where diehard fans dish out nonstop news and views on their favorite teams.
2: Playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me?
1: Playoffs? fandom has no off season. So he sucks you guys right in. So consider yourself sucked. Neither do we.
2: Now, if you want to crown them, then crown them. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook.
1: Fansided.com. The number one pro sports blog network on the internet. Your feedback is critical. We want to make this the best Panther show on the planet. Email us at catcraveradio at gmail.com. That's catcraveradio at gmail.com. Back to more CCR. Welcome back to the show. I am your host, John White. With the fantasy football
4: season in full swing, there's always a need for some good information. Check out fantasycpr.com. You know, it's not just for your draft. They can help you dominate your league all season long. They are located at fantasycpr.com. As promised, let's complete our survey of five of the biggest names in the local media with that all-important question. How will our Carolina Panthers perform this season? We begin with Charles Chandler of the Charlotte Observer.
5: Boy, you know, this camp to me has been interesting because it has not been like some years you're here and it just feels like there's a real excitement. You know, I don't really sense that. It, there's a real, it's either flat or business-like, and I haven't exactly got my finger on which it is. If it's flat, that might not play out too well, but this is a mature team. This is a team that won 12 games last year, was extremely disappointed. They know they're starting over. Uh, schedule's a lot tougher. Uh, I still think it's going to be a successful team. I don't think they'll win 12, but I'm thinking 10 and 6, getting in the playoffs, and, and then everything then just depends on how you're playing mm-hmm. and uh whether you're healthy
3: or not.
4: With his predictions for 09, here is Steve Reed of the Gaston Gazette.
3: Well I tell you it's still a little early, but and, and they got a brutal schedule, but I, I mean I think this team has a good chance to to return to the playoffs. I think they're in a very tough division. Atlanta's tough, and the team I see as being the kind of the surprise team this year is New Orleans. I think New Orleans is really on their way up and so you know, I, I, I you know, if I make a prediction, I'll go nine and seven and, and say wild card.
4: David Scott of the Observer checks in next with his outlook.
6: Well, it, it's really a cliche about the injuries, um, but they are so thin in some spots, like the offensive line, defensive line, wide receiver. If they get guys hurt, they don't have a whole lot of depth to go back and get somebody. Plus, they've also got a really tough schedule. Um, second toughest schedule in the league going by last year's one-loss records. And they start off really tough You know, Atlanta, excuse me, Philadelphia, Atlanta, and Dallas. Got to get off to a good start. but um, they can keep keep people healthy I think you know that they'll be in the hunt for the division and maybe and you know after that a wild card um, I I think maybe nine and seven uh, this year which will keep them up there in contention I don't think they can go 12 and 4 again if no other reason just because of the, of the schedule and, and trying to keep guys healthy which is just about impossible but you know I think I think they will do what we've all talked about, um and they will have a back to back winning season, which is something they haven't had before. Whether that's good enough for the playoffs, I don't know.
4: The Rock Hill Herald's own Darren Gantt is next up. We well,
0: you know going into last year, I wasn't sure they were a 12 and 14, but they ended up being one. You know, I think I went into last season thinking, okay, this is a 9 7, 10 6 kind of team, and I've got the same kind of feeling this year. Sure, the schedule's tougher. But those things have a way of getting twisted around by the end of the season. I mean, tough schedule going into last year wasn't a tough schedule by the end of the year. So, it's – I think some of that stuff's overstated at times. But this is still a good football team. It's uh, – and they're solid at the places they need to be. They can run. And if you can run the way they run, you're always going to be in game. So, you know, I think that it's a stable base. You know, they've got all 11 starters back on offense. Um – the defense is still, they've got a lot of questions to answer, both in terms of scheme and that. I think 10-6 and 6 is a reasonable expectation for these guys and pushing with Atlanta and New Orleans for the division.
4: And finally, our friend Tom Sorensen gives us his thoughts.
8: You know, we always make our picks for the paper, and without bragging, I've been really good at it, especially the last maybe five years. I and mean, I always have a feel. I don't have a feel yet. They're at least be average. I mean, they're going to go no worse than 8-8, eight and eight, but whether they go, oh... You know, 11 and, and I just don't know. I just don't have that feel yet. You know, are they 12 and 4, 11 and 5, 10 and 6, 9 and 7? I don't know yet. Uh, I've watched, you know, been here for most of camp, and we'll watch the exhibitions carefully. But it, it just, for me, it still feels too early. You need to look what the other teams have, how their rosters shake out, and uh, I don't know yet. But at the very, very least, there'll be a 500 team. Before
4: we wrap this up, I'd like to cover a conversation I had on day one of training camp. I wound up on the sideline standing next to Darren Gant. Right there in front of us, making a very nice over-the-shoulder catch, was Gary Barnage. I made a prediction to Darren that Barnage would have at least 35 catches this season because I just knew he was due to break out. Well, Gant disagreed. We made a bet but never wagered anything. It's too bad since it appears now that Barnage has all but taken over the starting job from incumbent Jeff King. Anyway, before I struck out on the road again to leave the garden spot of Spartanburg, South Carolina behind me, I asked another of our esteemed local media members what he thought of the bet, Steve Reed.
3: No, I, I think that's a good, I, I think he hits that number, yeah, I mean, he, he's going to be a factor in this offense, there's no doubt about it, because, you know, I mean, they're going to throw a little bit more to him, you know, especially he's, he's going to be a receiving tight end, you know, and. You're going to get back to uh, you know, seeing a tight end catch more balls in this offense with, with him in there. And uh, you know, I, I think you know Gary can do that. And I think 35 is a very re- realistic number to hit. Yeah, it's good to know somebody's on my side you know, for a change.
4: <laughs> As for Darren Gant, we still haven't wagered anything. And oddly enough, we haven't talked a lot about the bet since. Don't worry, Darren. I'm keeping track and my people will be in touch. I want to thank all of the journalists who took the time to speak to us in those closing hours of the heat of training camp. You know, it's often we give them a hard time, but having watched these reporters work up close, I'd have to say I've earned a new appreciation for what they do and how well they do it, even when we disagree. Be sure to subscribe to our show on iTunes and don't forget to drop us a review while you're there. And don't forget to check out CatCrave.com with Kenny Perkins. He's got you covered with all the latest news from our Carolina Panthers. I'm John White. Thanks again for listening. We hope to be back inside of your listening device next week with another edition of Cat Crave Radio.
1: In a world dominated by media giants and conglomerates, there is a little show that dares to reach for greatness. And we promise to keep reaching as long as there's someone listening. Never veer, CCR will return. Your Panthers crew will return in one week with another assault on the World Wide Web. All material copyright 2009, Cat Crave Radio.
7: Stand and cheer for the Panthers
2: in our grand old name. Nothing could be finer than to be in Carolina for a Panther football game. we